So today's going to be an interesting day in this building. Okay. We got a new like overall boss. And like our bosses normally work regionally. So it's not only here, it's like, you know, one normally one other building, two other buildings, something like that, and they oversee like kind of everything. And we got like a new like head man in charge. And everybody here's freaking out. Losing their minds. Everybody here's freaking out. All the desks are clean. All the pencils are in a row. All the furniture is perfectly wiped down. And everybody's freaking out. And I'm the one guy who's not because I'm the only guy in the building who knows our new boss. I um I saw that somebody like laid out like magazines by like one of the like the like the seating areas. Yeah. And I'm like, why why are we pretending like people are sitting around here reading? Like, Dude, that's not happening. This building is a lot like when your mother would have company over she vacuums finally like finally somebody's like well you know what maybe we should do some things because people people who are never never here are coming here and like watching our in-office boss freak out over this has made me so happy um he he yeah when he gets into panic mode he is entertaining to watch it's the best and luckily like i feel like this is very much like nothing to do with me so i'm very like all right you boss you do whatever you want to do um but i don't know what i mean does he really think that like that's going to be like the cover up for everything no. like that's going to be well, enough it won't makeup be, but yes. like to hide how ugly something really yes. is yes he's like, hoping it's deodorant okay. over some of the things that stink here over over taking a shower okay and what he doesn't understand is is like dude no matter where you work no matter what you do some things stink yes you know of what course, i mean of course. It's, this is not necessarily indicative of you not being a good manager that's not what it is sometimes things just stink I um, it really is very comparable to all right. You know, you have a dentist appointment coming up in six months, and you're like, ah, whatever. I'll floss now. Right. Well, then it's right the day of. You're like, oh my god, I got to floss, I got to brush, <laughs> I got to do all this stuff, and it's like, dude, your dentist is gonna know that you're just trying to cover up. And like, like you said, like with deodorant, like essentially, we're just axe body spraying yep. ourselves. We're just yep. trying to be like, no, it's no big deal. We're fine. But I mean, I don't know. I, I love it. I, I guess yes. If if, if it's making I, the boss uncomfortable, you are going to enjoy I it. I love it, and and because everybody's all worried about making the right impression and making the right first impression. And I've already made my impression. I had my impression for ten. I worked with this guy for ten years. Like he, there, there's nothing. Like I, I thought about it when I woke up this morning. I was like, well, I should probably dress. I was like, dude, it's Keith Hodgkins. You've known this guy ten years. He knows you. Like, don't go overboard. Like, you're, you're going to look like a kiss ass. Don't do that. Well, he knows who you are. I mean, right. Nothing worse than overcompensating. You know what I mean? Overswinging. Like, we get it. You know, this. it is what it is. You just have to kind of have to embrace it. And I understand you do want to clean up a little bit. You want to sure. make things look a little bit nicer. But at the same time, I don't think he's going to walk through the building and be like, all right. Well, he's not even going to notice. Well, I'm going to judge everyone based on this. There's a lot more things that, you know, a lot more relevant things that you could be judged on. And that's what I'd be more concerned about. Dude, he's going to walk in. He's going to shake everybody's hand. He's going to say, show me the books. Right. <laughs> and that's it. Dude, he's going to want to look at like what's happening here. You know, the X's and O's of what's happening here. And then outside of that, he's not going to think twice about anything. Um, we recently had like renovations in the building and it looks a lot nicer. There's no, it qu- does there's no nice. question about it. That it does. But yesterday I left and it was just kind of like a normal day a leaving. And when I walked in, like there's now like pictures hanging up on the wall, which oh. were not hanging up yesterday. And it's just like, all right, well, there's Jason Derulo and Taylor Swift. <laughs> like, what is this for? Like, why did we decide to do this? And, and I why guess, is it Jason Derulo? I guess it makes sense now that now that I know we've got, you know, the boss, the big boss. Yeah, right? no. So like at 10 o'clock, we have like we, we have like a full staff meeting. OK. And so like I was here a little bit later than normal yesterday. Um, my tea time was until about 1230. So I was like, ah, I'll just hang out at work until I go. Right. 
because I play Chenna with, which is pretty close to here. And so I, I was like literally watching everybody. And they were like, aren't you going to go? And like, aren't you going to? I was like, no, no, I'm no, no, I'm not. <laughs> Dude, I know the guy. I got a 10-year history with him. Made a ton of money with him. We're going to be fine. Like, He's like the nicest guy in the world. We couldn't have asked for a better new head boss. We, uh, dude, if I if they let me handpick somebody from the company, I could not have done better than the guy they gave me. I'm pumped about this move. Stansberry signed, sealed, and delivered. I like I'm it. I'm pumped, like dude. It. I'm telling you, you're gonna love this dude. Good. I, I mean, dude, I go all the way back to him when he was just an account executive. Like, I mean, dude, and like uh, when I was an intern, like that's how long I've known. Oh him. wow. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 dude. He he had always been there. When, from when I dude, he started as an MMS intern. Like that's how he started. He started hanging banners. Like dude, he's had every job in the dude. He was a really good afternoon guy for a little while. Was a really good voice tracker for this company. Was a really good salesperson for this company. And now he's a good GM for this. Co- I, dude, I'm, Son of a bitch. Dude, I told his wife. I was like, I couldn't have handpicked a better candidate for this job. For the last, I don't know, three years, maybe even longer than that. For as, I'm pumped as, as long as I've been working here and really have worked for this company. Um, I've just kept reassuring myself, like, well, Fantone, this is the ceiling. You can't go any higher than. No. No, no, no. They don't let people go from, from nothing to something. No, you're no, just no. stuck at Rock 106.9. That's where you're going to be. Now you're telling me a guy went from being an intern to being a corporate like regional manager. Son of a bitch. Yeah. I was blaming the man. I was blaming Mr. iHeartRadio, and here it's me. Well, Son of a bitch. Problem, guy is a little smarter than you. <laughs> you know what I mean? He does, does kind of have okay, that going right. for But no, so you may be screwed, yes. But no, overall, so I'm very happy today. How are you Exciting. doing? Uh, pretty good, man. Pretty good. I won't lie, though, dude. I'm just tired. I don't know what it is. Like, you were I, later than normal. I slept great. Great last night, like normal, you know, got to bed at like 8.30, my alarm goes off at 3.15, so I wake up, and you know, usually I wake up, you know, get a little cup of coffee, have a little breakfast, kind of do the morning routine, and uh, I go lay on the couch, and I start looking through my phone of like, all right, well, what did Fox News post last night? All right, what did 19 Action News post last night? Started looking through stuff. You fell asleep. Fell asleep, dude, and that never, that never happens to me, so I wake up at like 4.15, like an hour later, which I still had time to like get here and get on time and stuff, but still, I was just like, oh my god. God, dude, what's happening? So I hate I, when that. Happens. I just felt like the morning was a little bit, I don't know, like frantic for me. It was a little bit thrown off for me. Oh wow, we both had the same situation. What'd I woke up. I woke up later than normal. Okay. I, you know what I mean. I still was here. You know what I mean. Yeah, you or beat whatever. Me here, yeah. yeah, and so like all that. I mean, I you know I wasn't in any you know danger of that, but I just always feel behind the eight ball when I wake up later than I want. Right, and I mean, most jobs, I guess it really doesn't matter. You can just kind of wake up and go to work. Like it, you, I you gotta know? knock the dust off of you before you do this because everybody wakes up crabby. Right. You know what I mean? And so, like, dude, if I come in here and I don't, and I feel like I don't have the sleep out of my eyes yet, sometimes, dude, the show can start off pretty sketchy. Crabby and stupid, too. I always kind of wake up and I just have to, like, Where put, am I? Right. I kind of put myself together. And even, like, something as simple as, like, like your voice, like you kind of do have to like at least warm up a little bit to have some sort of yeah. you know, so you don't sound like uh, uh, right. Yeah. And, and, and it was just like I said when I when I woke up on the couch this morning an hour later than I expected to, it was just kind of like son of a bitch. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, that's what I'm dealing with. What's your story? What do you got? So I played China with yesterday. Did How's not that? play well. Did uh, not play well. No, I uh, for some reason. No matter, and I love that golf course, but every time I go there, I play poorly. Was it you by yourself? So I started out by myself, okay. but then I caught the foursome in front of me. And so then what I decided to do is like, all right, well, the two guys playing behind me are playing pretty quick. Let's just team up. We'll play as a threesome, and that way we'll be behind. Sure enough, we caught him again. And because uh, the one guy I was playing with yesterday actually played really good, like he played, dude, he really shot thirty six on the front. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty. I mean, it's par. <laughs> you know, so, you know, so it's pretty good. So he was pretty good, and I just didn't have it yesterday. 
and uh, and it was apparent early. Like it was, it was like okay, well, you know, today's just one of those days where I'm just not going to be able to get it back. And it, like I said, sucks because I really enjoy that golf course. The layout's fantastic. So th- I mean, that does stop the enjoyability. At that point, you're just like, damn it, I got to go through seven more holes of hell. Like at that point, it's just like let's just find decent swings. Don't okay. worry about scores. Let's just find some decent shots. Small and I victories, a, okay. And I hit a few. I hit a few. There's a par three where I hit it. I stuck it to about four and a half feet, which was nice. It's like, okay, that because actually the guy that one of the guys I was playing with said, oh, dude, that's going to go in. And I was like, well, I hope so. Because I play so much alone golf. I'm worried my first hole in one. I've never had one. I'm worried my first hole in one is going to come when I'm playing by myself. I hit it from like, I was six inches away once. Um, and I was terrified. I was like, please don't go in because nobody's going to believe me. No, 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 no. Nobody's going to believe you. Right. I mean, that's one of those things that I'm going to believe you because I know you're not a liar at your core. But most people, when you come in, when you come in the one morning, I, I appreciate that. And when you come in one morning and See, say, you go through the world, you don't think you're making a difference, dude. And sometimes you do. When you come in and say, yo, I hit a hole in one, but nobody saw it. No, Twitter's va- going to think I'm a liar. Vast majority of the listening audience is going to be like that fat line son of a bitch. I know. Yeah, I mean, 100%. So you need to make sure you're out there with some friends. You, you got to make sure. So I did wake up to some uh, some interesting text messages from my brother's wife. My, okay. sister, my sister-in-law, who, if you listen to the show a lot, you know she's my favorite person on, on, on planet Earth. I love Roxanne. Right, really, the person who kind of has kept you through the good and the bad times of the Sansbury clan has kind of kept you like I've in stayed the loop. in contact with her right. when I wasn't in contact with my mom and my brother. Right. Yeah, okay. And I just I really enjoy my brother's wife. She's awesome, right? And so she texted me, and they're three hours behind in Vegas, so I was asleep. But dude, it might be time to put my mom in a home. Really? Yeah, it might <sighs> be time, or at least take away the driver's license. Right. So apparently, my mom went to the DMV. BMV, whatever they're called, right? BMV, I believe it is. Okay, I, I remember that, that day, like that guy idea. got pissed, right? In Vegas, they are actually called something else. She waited five hours in the BMV, right? Now, you're thinking to yourself, well, sometimes they're busy. Yeah, and that doesn't seem like it's her fault. So here's the thing with Vegas, though. I don't know if you can do this in Ohio or not, but in Vegas, you can go online, set an appointment, walk right in, and walk right to the front. It's like a speedy pass for the BMV. Okay. Right? You can do that. My brother and I and Roxanne both told her, you can do this. Do this before you go. No. They actually, actually, there in Vegas, you can go to the kiosk outside of the BMV, put your debit card in, and your stickers come out. Yeah, you can do that at some places in Ohio. Is that I right? Believe, I yeah. haven't seen that yet. Okay. So she waits five hours to get her new stickers for some reason. Five hours. Because she's not all there, I think. Right? Five hours. So then she gets said stickers. And what does this idiot do? Sorry, Mom. I hate to call you that. But this was kind of stupid, Mom. She goes out to the parking lot, Fantone, and she put the sticker on a stranger's car. Oh, my God. <laughs> She's out oh there. So God. Roxanne's like texting me. She's like, so, th- so there's your mother out there, Struggle City, trying to get the sticker back off the list. Oh. <laughs> and so I said to her, I was like, so I texted her back. I haven't heard back yet. She's like, she's like, Dan, this was pure comedy. <laughs> We were just like laughing hysterically at this. I was like, what are you letting a 70-year-old lady go and do this for? Like, dude, somebody get a grip. Take her license away. I was going to say, if we're going to not let her go get her, her, her sticker, then we can't let her have a license. No, it's, it's, I think it's getting close. It's getting very, very close. I feel bad for people of a certain age, probably over 60, and it's like, I get it. You're adults. You are. You should be able to go life. places. You should be able to go places and do things. But, like, at what point does it become a danger to others? And at what point is it, like, 
I'm not saying like we got to take away everyone's 65 and older's license. I'm just saying like when do, do we start testing you again? When oh, do well, we they do, you? right? I think it's what? 65 they 65, do. 65 they start making you doing it like I a believe, road test again? I believe so. What's crazy is before getting these text messages from my sister-in-law yesterday, one of the guys I got teamed up with at the golf course told me he's 63, says his mom's 90, Jesus. still drives, and then tells me, yeah, well, her right arm doesn't move. So she's just, so, she, so I was like, what, dude, did you just tell me there's a 90 year old woman driving around Stark County with, with, a, with a right arm and then move? Jeez. I was terrified after that. That is kind of scary. So I, I don't know, dude, it might be time. We might, we might be circling the drain and putting my mom in the away. I, mean, I don't know if we're going to put her away. I don't know if we're going to shove her in a closet and lock the door. See you later. But at the very least, at the very least, I mean, if you, if your brother said to her like, yo, mom, we got to take this license away. Oh, Is she going to lose her mind? Dude, I'm telling you right now. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's good. But that's the problem. Because what they will, here's what they will do. Because Roxanne will put her foot down at some point. And what they will do to. is they'll just say, well, you're not allowed to drive Grace anymore, which is my niece, their, right. their child. And that's what they'll do. That's what Roxanne will do. You're just not allowed to drive Grace anymore. And then, then that's when it'll hit home for my mom. And my mom will play the victim, the world is against me card. I, dude, my mom may have invented Twitter. Like, that's <laughs> that may be what, what happened there. Because that's totally who my mom's going to turn into. I cannot wait to call them this afternoon and find out all the fallout that happened from this. I mean, I, I, like I said, I understand the frustration, especially if you are an older person who doesn't have that issue. It's like, why are you coming at me like this? But, dude, putting the sticker on somebody else's car. She was, like, trying to peel it back off. Wow, oh, man. Dude, just go, right, don't you? And so, like, I guess the stranger man. comes out and is like, what the hell is happening? Lady, what are you doing out here? God, dude, that is bad. I mean, I hope at least, and maybe you'll find out this afternoon, I hope it was at least, like, a comparable make and model and, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I hope she wasn't trying to stick it on, like, a truck. You know what I mean? I like, do. I do, dude. I know. I hope it was, like, a jacked-up 4x4. Four four. You know what I mean? Just Suzanne turns into the fall guy out there in the parking lot. Like, I just hope that's what happens. Jeez. Yeah. So when I heard, so when I, I didn't even hear, like I said, I got to call them today and find out exactly what happened. I just got some text messages. So, but when I read that this morning, I was like, yeah, dude, you have to go for Christmas. Yeah. Because, yeah. dude, this is it. Like, yeah. this is circle. Like, dude, if you wait another year, she might not recognize you. So I'm going to wait another year. <laughs> so, Fantone, sex robots are here, and I have the list of things that dudes secretly are very terrified about the first time they have sex with a sex robot. And I'm going to tell you what those are next on Rock 106. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. Good news, man. The Tribe winning their 14th in a row last night. That is unreal. And if I'm reading this right, we get Kluber on the, lawn, uh, on, on the mound tonight, which normally means another win. That could be 15 straight. It's a, uh, it's a big deal. There's no question about it. I don't know if you've seen this, but there's a uh, like a window company that said, yo, you buy windows in the month of May or something, or you buy, buy windows before the All-Star break, and if the Indians win 15 consecutive games, you get your windows for free. Yeah, it's about to happen tonight. Yeah, I heard about that. So it is, it's the 15th game. So they need the win tonight for this to happen. As far as I know, yes. And I think, like I said, I think it was you buy them before the All-Star break or you buy them in spring. And, and, and if they win 15 in a row, your whole window, you know, your whole house of windows is free. Which, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. You're going to get a lot of advertisement out of it. People are going to talk about it. But still, dude, that would suck, man. Yeah, to have to comp all that because yeah. it's not going to be cheap. No. 
And that's money that you've already kind of like counted on. You've already sold it. You've already like put it towards your budget probably. And now it's going to be like, nope. I wonder if that's, I, I, I wonder if it's my buddy's company. I went, like, not high school, but I, in, when around when I was in high school, I hung out with the two guys who now own one of those, those Windows companies. That right. the, one, like, one of the big ones, but I always forget. I wonder if it's them. I don't know. It's like, I don't know. There's like three of them and they all yeah. advertise on the radio. Yeah, they all the advertise time, a ton. So, like, I don't know. I'd be interested to find that out. They're, you're right, though. They are sitting there sweating that. Oh, of course sure. they are, dude. Yeah. Of course. So, hopefully, your Indians get 15 straight tonight. That'd be awesome. So, uh, you know, the internet has been preparing us for the sex robot revolution. Right. It's coming. Now, they cost like 20 grand now, but welcome to technology. Right. VCRs, when they first came out, were like 2,000 bucks. Now, all of a sudden, you know what I mean? DVD player, you know, video game systems. It's just how it works. It comes out. It's a lot of money. And then everybody wants it. And then they find a way for some, they somehow to find a way to make it cheaper and sell it to everybody for a price that you can afford, right? And so, like, the price of sex robots are going to come down. My guess is they'll probably rest somewhere around where you're still going to have to use a credit card to buy it. My guess is they'll be around three grand. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm sure you're going to be able to find $300 versions, and I'm sure you'll be able to find $30,000 versions. But, yeah, three grand sounds probably about right to me. So there are three things that men claim that they are terrified of when dealing with a sex robot. One of which is that they'll turn evil and work against you, (laughs) which I know sounds crazy, but I guess Facebook had some AI robots, and within like a few days or whatever, they, they created their own communication system and were able to communicate with one another and the developers didn't know. As I've read that article, I think that was a little bit overblown, at least from how they presented it. That okay. it, it was it was less it was less like like scandalous than people made that sound out. Playboy's making it sound pretty scandalous. Well, I mean, you know, it's 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 one of those things that I'm sure there's like, well, dude, we know we're gonna get clicks in this, but yes, I understand why people feel that. Oh, I'm terrified of that. Now, I guess it, you're getting into like. I mean, Elon Musk is on this, dude. He's always saying, like, dude, he's like, you got to be careful with this. Well, yes, of course. Um, I guess you're getting into a, a, a position here of, like, well, how much are they going to be able to turn right out of the gate? 50 years from now, then we're probably in a different conversation. I don't think that's a concern of mine, like, week one. Oh, I am a little. I, I mean, and probably... Not legitimately. You know what I mean? It is probably just a little bit of my, my neurotic brain to telling me, like, dude, the, this thing's going to shoot you. Well, and a little bit of every movie we've ever seen. Oh, yeah. A little bit of Terminator. A little, I you robot. know what I mean? Like, right. All of those movies, you, of course you're going to think that. Now, this is a more realistic fear when talking about a sex robot. Okay. 18% of guys that were polled said they're worried about their privacy, fearing that the robot could be hacked and their personal information will be leaked. Yeah, welcome to the internet. Yeah, like, I, I was going to say. Your laptop's going to be hacked, too. You're so, wa- like, you're watching porn. Like the webcam, that's what everybody's worried about on laptops and the stuff and like tablets is that, you know, like the camera in front of you, a lot of people will take like duct tape or whatever and put it over it. Like as a matter of fact, I was walking through the hallway here the other day and a woman had a post it over. I was like, what are you doing at your desk that you're worried? She's like, no, she's like, I just, you know, I don't want anybody looking at me. Like, okay. Like, I don't know if that like happens as much as people think or not. I hope not. But that certainly is something to be concerned about. And, um, don't get me wrong, like you said, your laptop, your phone, any of those things can be hacked sure. now. And at this point, we're also like, eh, whatever, eh, whatever. I'll still use it. Password um, one two three four. Right, right. <laughs> That's you really got them. Yeah. Um, but you got to think. 
you're going to, don't get me wrong, masturbating is not exactly what you want to be caught doing either. But, like, what you're going to do with a sex robot is probably more humiliating than just, like, yo, I was masturbating to a Memphis Monroe video. Oh, yeah, because you're going to act out your sexual right, fantasy. Right, going to be It's going to be more, and don't get me wrong, pornography. I mean, if you're into, like, BDSM porn and that comes out, you're going to be like, oh, son of a bitch. But at the same time, like. What's the worst thing that happens? It's just a video of you with your eyes clenched closed for 30 right, seconds hammering it out. Right, this is you like, actually performing, like. Mounting a robot. Right, like kissing the robot and, like, doing things like that. It's going to be weird. Nobody wants that video getting out. Do you want to know what the number one fear of men is while dealing with a sex robot? What is it? They're worried the sex robot isn't going to enjoy the sex. Jeez. That's the number one concern. <laughs> I the thought m- I thought for sure it was my penis getting trapped in this sex robot, but no, it's 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 her her feelings, oh, okay? Oh, dude, the thing uh, you know powers down like your yeah, iPhone? Yeah, dude. Man, I would have never even thought of that. They say the most prevalent concern among men about uh, you know, uh, hot sex with a robot is that the robot would be unhappy with the sex she was having. What? One in four human men are legitimately fearful that the robotic woman would be disappointed in their lovemaking. Now, the woman who wrote this said, all joking aside, straight men have huge issues providing orgasms. Or maybe you're just awful and a dude doesn't want to go out with you. So she says, so maybe these worries are a little bit more legitimate. But... I- that's, I mean, that, remember we just talked about this not that long ago where they have the one now where you got to, like, seduce it. Like, it's like you can't, like, rape it. There's, like, an anti, like, where you have to, like, be nice to it. And I, I can't think of a worse thing to have. Dude, just, I'll just date regular women. I'll date human women. That's the opposite of what you should be worried about, dude. What a, what a stupid thing to be worried about. I mean, honestly, like, like the thing short-circuiting while you're having sex with it and you being electrocuted, like, all right, well, that's that's valid. Like, But this, like, what do, we, what, what do you mean? My wife finding out enjoy. I spent the money on exactly. it. Like that. My like, partner finding out. My, my, my friends and family finding out. What, why would you care whether... I don't know if I could have sex with a robot. I don't know if I could. I think right now it sounds like no way, dude. That's so weird. Twenty years from now, it's gonna be like whatever. Well, yeah, that's true. I'm just saying, if like, let's say a company wanted to advertise on the air, right? And hey, we want a Stansberry sex robot endorsement, right? You know what I mean? Not a Stansberry sex robot. Nobody's buying that. <laughs> right now, dude. Nobody. I think you're wrong on that. All right, I th- dude. I, I dude. All I right. think the Stansberry show spit roast sex robot kit would be huge. I think dude, we could sell it, but. If the company said to me, hey, we want a celebrity endorser, so we're going to use you to, like, you know, convince the 20 million to buy these things. Okay. I don't know if I could do it. Like, I honestly think I'm too neurotic. I think I go home, I put the thing in my bed, and it's looking at me all hot. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Trying to seduce me. And I think I climb on top of it, and I just figure out, like, I. And I just think I. Like, my brain just says, loser. Loser, and I'm not going to be able to maintain my erection. I'm being serious. I dude, I would want to do it. I don't think I could. Like, dude, back in the day, my buddy, we went, you know, you'd go to like the porn store or whatever when you're like 20, and you think it's funny, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And my buddy bought like a like a pocket badge, and he loved that thing, and I couldn't do it. I was like, nah, man, like that's not. I don't, I don't, I don't do that. Um, you personally might be that way. I feel like as a whole, it's much like online dating, where if in 1997 you were like, "Oh, hey, I met this guy online," everyone oh, looks yeah. at you like you have a, like you have a, like a horn grown out of your head. Now it's just like whatever. Oh no, this is going to be the new wave. I totally agree with you. I think, dude, I forget who said it, but somebody was an Einstein, maybe who said, "Dude, the problem with the human race is that they're smart enough to create the thing that will destroy them, and this will be it." 
I don't know, dude. I feel like, if anything, this might be the thing that saves us. Ah, dude, you're not getting it pregnant. How are you putting more people in? Well, that's what I'm saying, though, dude. We're facing a a, a, a population crisis. And you can't get it pregnant now. Well. <laughs> Just wait. But, I mean, we're facing a population crisis where it's like, dude, 8 billion people on this planet. We're not going to be able to, to sustain to sustain that. So it's like, well, if, if this is the thing where it's like, all right, we can give numbers back down, I feel like maybe it's the thing that saves the world. You know, they they also they also claim that it'll help your marriage because when your wife's not in the mood, she'll just send you to the bedroom. You act as if when your wife's not in the mood, she wants you to experience pleasure. Have you never seen married people? That's not the way it works. When the wife's unhappy, you have to be unhappy too, dude. That's why dude, she's the ruler of that land. You don't get to like, what do you think? Dude, your wife's all pissed off. You get to jump rope in the next room. That's not the way it works. If she's pissed, you gotta be pissed or afraid. That's the way they like it. More Sansbury Show right around the corner. Please relax. This will be painless. The Stansbury Show on Rock 1069. Stansbury Show on Rock 1069. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 1069. Online for WRQK.com. Going to get you hooked up with those Guns N' Roses tickets at 745. And then your first trip out to Vegas for the 2017 iHeartRadio Music Festival. That happens 8 a.m. We'll give you your first keyword of the day. I guess there's a uh, a Stark County couple, newlyweds, who went to Punakana for their honeymoon. And now, like, the resort's like, dude, stay in your hotel room. Go down. Like, dude, they're shutting, I guess, the, they're shutting down, like, most of the resort stuff at, like, 7, 8 o'clock at night. Of course. Telling them, dude, stay in your room until further notice. And it's like, what do you do at that point? Like, now your honeymoon's pretty much ruined. Now, hopefully, fingers crossed, you make it all the way back here and, you know, you survive and all that. But, like, dude, honeymoons aren't cheap, right? I mean, all-inclusive trip probably is what they did here. Yeah. To Punakana, probably what? Fifteen hundred a person? Yeah, I was gonna say a couple girl. I mean, minimum yeah. you're spending two, three, four, five thousand bucks. My guess is three grand for two people. Because normally those all inclusive things. Now I don't know that that's what they did. I'm just assuming because they went right. to Punakana. But like, they're normally they price it to where you can do it, where where you'll go. Oh yeah, I mean they're not gonna you know right. it's not like they went on a ten thousand dollar per person vacation <laughs> right. there. So Amanda Jackson says her and her new husband Tyler flew down to the Dominican Republic last Saturday. They were looking for a week-long honeymoon, and now it's turned into honeymoon hurricane watch, Tyler said. The relaxing trip is now has them constantly checking the forecast, obviously, on right. their phone to do before they go do anything, because it's like, well, are we going to blow away in the wind? Like, what the hell is going to happen? I would assume at this point, I mean, I, I, you, 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 what are you even checking it for? You know you can't go do anything, right? right? I would think. They say their parents and friends have been you know, checking in with them to make sure they're safe. And she says it's been nonstop, one person after another. She's like, unfortunately, we're not really able to answer phone calls. We can only FaceTime or go through the Wi-Fi, Amanda said. They're stocking up just in case food or water becomes uh, you know, scarce at the resort. And it sucks. I mean, you know, anytime you're in a hurricane situation, it's going to suck. But, like, at least with, like, Houston, you could get out. I mean, it's, right. gonna be, it's a, not an easy thing to do, but there's, there's something to opportunity. do. Right. You have no chance of leaving that island. What no. are you going to do? They're not going to let planes go. Right. What are you going to do? So I looked up during the break. I was like, I wonder if vacation insurance, like, covers this. And by everything I read, no. Like, if your plane gets canceled here or whatever... Then you know you're covered, right? 
But like, if you get there and a natural disaster happens, like it doesn't like somebody actually one of the comments that like, you know, people ask, you know, will this happen? And some of the comments were, no, dude. Like, I dude, I went somewhere. There was a hurricane, and they told me tough. I mean. I, I, yeah, I mean, I think it's once you get there, all bets are off in the sense of, like, you can't get your money back because it rained too much. The parasailing much. ride was closed. Right, 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 right. You don't get to, yeah, you don't get to say, well, it's a small world wasn't open, therefore I get my money back. No, I think that's one of those things where, like, if you had a calamity that happened, like your mom died and you couldn't you get go. back out of the vacation. Right, not that it's going to protect you through, like, any and all things that happen on that vacation. I've never bought vacation insurance. No, neither have I. We'd have to go on vacation first, buddy. I don't know if they sell that at Bear <laughs> Creek campground. Um, I uh, my aunt is actually in Florida right now. Oh God! And she, you know, she, her and her husband went on, you know, a trip, and we're like, hey, we're gonna, we're going, and we're gonna roll the dice, and we're gonna see what happens. And dude, I was texting her yesterday. I'm like, get your ass out of there. What are you what doing? Are you doing? What right. Are you doing? She's like, oh, well, we got the, the flight home. It's on Saturday early morning, and I'm like, get your ass in a rental car and get out of there. What are you doing? To stick around in Florida for another two days? To stick around in like in like in like Tampa? Like what are you doing? Get out of there, lady. Yeah, it's Florida. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It's not that great. Yeah. I mean I don't want to make jokes and be like, you know, it'll probably be better after. You know what I mean? Like, cause I mean that's a pretty serious thing that's about to happen down there. Of course. I uh I'm terrible. Like I said, my buddies work on the radio down there and they're both already like they head inland. Like they're like you know, I, I think like an hour away from where they live. I you know, I don't even know if that's going to help. I mean, Probably like, not. you know, that's the thing. It's like with it with with a hurricane of that size, and you saw it yesterday, everyone putting the well, it's the size of Ohio, it's bigger than Ohio. I mean, Florida's a long state, but it's thin and it's like, not wide, right? Right. So like, dude, if that tears through, it's not like that land it's gonna is be gonna, quick. It's not like it's gonna slow it down. It's not no. like it's gonna be like, all right, well, it's not going any further than this. Hell no, it's not. Get out of there, Antonise. What are you doing? You know, this is the world we live in now, right? So after this thing hits and after Harvey, I got to tell you, the University of Miami, they're called the Hurricanes. It's a little tone deaf, right? A little insensitive, right? People die in hurricanes. A little insensitive, right? That's going to be the next one. Wow. I didn't even think of that until just now. But yeah, dude, when Irma rose through there, dude, trust me, dude, the Hurricanes will have a new name after that. Welcome to 2017. So yesterday, a lot of the uh, a lot of the twenty million were on me about being so negative on the Browns. Right, four games? What are you, an idiot? They're going to win ten. You're just negative. Well, yesterday, the most Browns thing happened to the Cleveland Browns. And get ready, I told you a coaching controversy was coming, and I think it's about to start right now. I'll clue you in next on Rock 106.9. Dan Stansberry, Matt Fantone, just kiss your fruit cakes. The Stansberry Show. Chilling in the studs with my dudes. On Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. 745. Get hooked up with Guns N' Roses tickets as they play the queue October the 26th. We'll put you in. I'm looking forward to that show myself. Yeah, I mean, honestly, that's a show to be looked forward to. Oh, yeah. I mean, honestly, the usual illusion stuff and all that stuff was great, right? But if they just came out and played Appetite, cover to cover, I'd be like, all right, done. Yes, <laughs> you know what I mean? yes, like, yes, yes. I mean, definitely. I still maintain that I think Appetite for Destruction might be the best debut record by a band ever. It's got to be on the short list. You know what I mean? It's like, better than, I mean, Led Zeppelin did better work than Appetite, but Led Zeppelin 1 wasn't better than Appetite. I, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be people who are like, what about this? You didn't think about this, but it's on the short list. It's in the conversation. You can't deny that. You could bring up Pretty Hate Machine by Nine Inch Nails, but I think Appetite's better than that. Um, 
Yeah, no, I'm sticking with appetite. You can at me on Twitter and tell me how wrong I am because that's what well that whole social media platform is for. At Stansbury shows how you find me. At Fantones how you find him. So yesterday, uh, while talking about the Cleveland Browns, and you know what, real quick before I do, you know, uh, nice job, Tribe, by the way. 14 in a row, heading for 15 tonight with Kluber on the mound. I like my chances there. But yesterday, I was outlining what I consider to be a successful season for the Cleveland Browns this year. I'm a realist, okay? Now, some people might call me a pessimist, but I view me as a realist because I'm not saying, oh, they suck, they're going to go 0-16. That's the, I'm saying they're going to win four games, and I feel like that's realistic. You even think it might be less. Oh, I think that's I think that's giving them a little bit of um You think 2 and 14, right? Yeah, I think that's you know, 2 14 3 uh, 4 is not out of the question. So I think somewhere 2 3 or 4 answer and like that's on the optimistic side of what I think. So So I outlined a couple of things that I said yesterday will be a successful season for the Cleveland Browns. One is you keep Deshaun Kaiser under center and upright all year, meaning he does not suffer an injury because you can't protect him. And you protect him, and he plays well enough that he is the guy, and we're not swapping out dudes every three games. Well, that should be a very real possibility. I mean, you know, last year six quarterbacks played for or started for the for the Cleveland Browns, which is a mind-boggling number. Um, but with this revamped offensive line and everybody talking about how good they're going to be, I mean, I know Deshaun Kaiser's not necessarily going to have the best wide receivers to throw to, but he will have protection. He will be able to gain confidence standing in the pocket, and hopefully that turns into like a full season of quarterback action for him. So my thing was you win four games, you keep Deshaun Kaiser upright, and you keep him healthy all year, and you produce a thousand yard rusher and Isaiah Crowell because everybody's telling me oh our line the dude our offensive line right. so good so good so good well if they're that good a thousand yard rushing is not like astronomical I mean you know it's it's very hard to look at last year last season for the Browns and say there were highlights but Isaiah Crowell was one of those highlights and like I said considering considering that Deshaun Kaiser is not going to have a lot of dudes to throw to a lot of reliable wide receivers you're going to the ball. You're gonna have to run the ball and you're going to have to do it frequently. So yes, I totally think Isaiah Crowell not only is capable of, but really should hit over a thousand yards this year. And I think if you give me all three of those things this year, four wins, Kaiser plays all year, and you get a thousand yard rusher, that's a successful season coming off one and 15. That's just how I feel. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I think that's all fair. That's all in line. Now, some of the wins may be in jeopardy now because the most Cleveland Browns thing Happened to the Cleveland Browns, which is Miles Garrett was hurt in practice. Apparently, there's an ankle issue. It happened early in practice, and this is where people are going to, to start to like bring out their magnifying glasses and really put Hugh in the hot seat. It happened early in practice, and they continued to have him practice to the point to where he had to leave the field because he couldn't finish the practice. Now, let me ask you this. You draft this kid, high draft pick, and it does. It looks like he's going to be a stud. What are you playing games for? What are you playing around with a 10-year guy for? It's the new era now. This is no longer the, well, just duct tape them back together, get them back in there, man. It's not that NFL anymore. You drafted a 10, 15-year kid, and you got to treat him as such. If they put him out there on the field on Sunday, if this MRI comes back, dude, I think they're crazy. Um, I think they're nuts. I You're going to get blown out on Sunday anyway. 
Yeah, I mean, a loss is a loss is You're a gonna loss. You're going to lose. Why are you going to put this kid at risk and ruin him and browns them all up before this first season in? Um, I, I I think that, you know, as far as it goes with the, well, it's not to just, you know, tape an aspirin to it and get back out there and play. I agree with you. I bet you there are some people who will celebrate Hugh Jackson being being that guy and trying to get him back out. And you have to think, too. Yeah, I'm sure that's true. You, you have to think, too. A big part of that is honesty from the athlete. I don't know if Miles Garrett lied, and I mean I'm not trying to say dude's like, oh dude, he lied, but like when he hurt his ankle, did he know the severity of it? Did he know that, you know Yeah, well, I will admit that the football culture has kind of convinced these dudes that you need to be the warrior. Right. And that you're a puss if you come out. Right. And I mean I think that football fans have been a big part of that. Like we've been screaming that. Oh god. Yeah. So like oh, yeah. I, I I think there's probably a little bit of that. Now don't get me wrong, I think athletic trainers need to be the one who make that final call and the one who kind of have the ability to do that. But if he wasn't forthcoming about what happened, if he if he just tried to well, I'm just trying to walk it off. That's not necessarily on the trainer. That's not necessarily on the coach. It's a lot of logic. You know what right, I mean? Right, I, yes. I mean, so so I I don't know if Brown's Twitter is going to be able to follow all of that and 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 stay and dude, we can't pretend that fans don't depict what happens on the field. The fans were calling for Johnny Manziel. What happened? We threw Johnny Manziel in there. The 500 section never knows what the hell they're talking about. You got to ignore it. You just have to ignore it. But we won't. And I've been saying for a while now, and I like Hugh Jackson. I want, uh, dude, I said when they hired him, it's a five year plan. Get on board, right? But I've been saying since I hired Greg Williams, at some point, and I understand Miles Garrett is a defensive player and Greg Williams is a defensive coordinator, doesn't matter. The buck stops at the head coach. Yeah, I've, been saying, well, yeah. I've been saying for a while now, Should. somewhere in this season, the question will be, should Greg Williams be coaching this team? And I'm, I'm telling you, I think things like this start that ball downhill. And it, before you know it, it starts this big, and you got a, you got a boulder of a snow you know, ball at the bottom of the hill. And I just think that this is, this, is, dude, this is leading into it. We're not even in week one, and there's already problems with your number one draft pick. Yeah, yes. and That's that- so Cleveland Browns. A part of a part of I think what the problem is here is you're right that you know you do have to give a guy an opportunity to establish himself as a head coach. You have to give Hugh Jackson some time. And last year, I mean, I won't put 15 losses on Hugh Jackson exclusively. That was a piss poor team, dude. That was an awful football team. So you can't put it on him. But the thing is, is like, all right. So let's say Miles Garrett's at 80 percent, and Hugh Jackson has to sit here and think right now. Do I start this guy no. and put him out here? But if I don't do that, do the guys in the locker room feel like I'm not putting an imperative or putting like an emphasis on win now? And win now has to be the culture of the Cleveland Browns. You can't you can't be like, well, we're going to let these first eight games slip away from us, and then you're going to have a team full of guys who are used to losing. Okay, well, if if that's all true, but if Miles Garrett not in the lineup means that you're not in win now mode, then you're not in win now mode. Best player on your defense, right? I mean, I hope not. Who's who? Who are you looking at better than Miles Garrett? That's on the Cleveland Browns defense. I'm not saying there is a guy who's better. I'm saying, dude, for a defense, I'm being told is going to be better than I think it's going to be. Miles Garrett, a rookie, a guy who's never played an NFL game, shouldn't be the best player on it. If they're going to be that good, that, that we're, they're going to be so good, we're going to win ten games. Miles Garrett, a guy who's never played an NFL game, is going to be the best piece of it. Then they're not going to be any good. That's not the way it works, dude. It's not the way football works. 
the Browns are fearful he's going to miss weeks. And I'm telling you, if the, dude, the MRI is going to come back and dude, the doctors are going to say, well, technically he could play. And they're going to throw his ass out there. And the kid, dude, when they have to ha- use a hand crank to turn his foot back in the right direction on Monday, I'm going to be the guy sitting here saying, I effing told you so. Because I'm always telling you so. And everything I say comes true. If, if the Browns can't win a, a game in the first four games, that's going to perpetuate the culture of losing. There's no question in my mind about that. That, that feeling will creep into, into every player's mind of like, God damn, we're on the Browns, and this is terrible. We're terrible. We're not going to be able to do this. And I, I, building that confidence in the preseason, great, dude. All right, four wins. We rattled them off. If, if, if they go out there and lose these first four games because Miles Garrett can't go out there and play, I'm telling you, that was all for naught. This is that I, I mean, you might as well go, you might as well call two wins then. I, I'm just, I think, honestly, as a guy who hates the resting in the NBA because I feel like it's a bad look for the NBA because, again, all you talk about is the resting. You don't talk about the games. You don't talk about like players. You just talk about like the resting. But football's a more dangerous sport. It's a more contact sport. And, dude, you got to start adapting some of that stuff from that other leagues do. Like, you just drafted this kid, dude. He's supposed to be a 15-year defensive end. Like, you can't do this. You can't play around with this stuff. So 80%, you, if Miles Garrett's 80% I of sit what him. he is, you sit him. I sit him. We're not a playoff contending football football team if we were then you risk it but for a team that's going to go best four and 12 and i don't care what twitter says they're effing wrong the way they always are it's four and 12 at best and if you're going to risk a 15 year kid on a four and 12 roster you're dude that's not coaching you're doing it wrong as a guy who likes you you're doing it wrong I mean, wouldn't you say the same thing about Deshaun Kaiser then? You're doing it wrong because you're, you're wasting a guy who has potential to be a, 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 a franchise quarterback on a 4-12 and team. You well, got to put an emphasis on winning now or, or huge job is as good as gone. Again, I said I'd sit Deshaun Kaiser. And when they said they were going to sit him, who was the one guy in the media telling you that they were full of it and they were going to end up starting him? That's right. It was me. I would sit Deshaun Kaiser. But then again, I know what the hell I'm doing. The Cleveland Browns traditionally have not shown you that they know what they're doing. And you're right. There's going to be pressure to win. There's going to be all this stuff. And that's what's going to get Miles Garrett on that field before he's ready to play. And the kid's going to break his leg forever. And he, dude, he's going to end up being a bust. Because welcome to how we run the ship right now. We can't be New England. Next man up. Because the next 15 guys behind him all suck. <laughs> but the defense is so good that we're going to win 10 games. Got it. Got it. Admit it. When you heard Miles Garrett was hurt yesterday, it was the first thing you thought. Season over. That's the first thing you thought was season over. That's a rookie, and he doesn't even play the quarterback position. Guys, it's four and twelve at best. But adding me on and all these social media sites telling me how it's going to be 10, 11 wins, or how I'm negative. I'm a realist. I'm not a fanboy. I'm telling you what's going to happen. It's four and twelve. Admit it. The first thing you thought yesterday is, ah, oh, season's over. It's the first thing you thought awful. I feel terrible for that kid. Awful. When you're way into the Guns N' Roses show, that's 745 is when you get those tickets. Please relax. This will be painless. The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got Stansberry here. It was under six months ago. I bought a pre-owned Honda Accord from the Wakeham Auto Mile. If you're unaware, that's at West Tuscan Lincoln Way between Canton and Maslin. And when I showed up at Wakeham Honda, I was a little worried. I'll be honest with you. I've had some credit issues. And I was worried that that was going to stop me from getting the car I wanted. Sure enough, 
I found out that the Wakeham Auto Family deals with over 30 lenders. So no matter what your credit issues were, if they're bad like mine, they can still get you fine. Welcome back to the Sands Ratio, Rock 106.9. Online for you, WRQK.com. Missed anything yesterday? Podcast it right there. Megan writes in, says, Sansbury, that was very well said. I nominate you for the Browns' new head coach. I take it. For a lot less money than they're paying right now. And I like you. I'm not trying, I'm not one of these guys that's like, get you out of here because he can't coach. I think actually you probably can lead men. I do. I buy I, I buy in it. It'll be interesting to see though, dude. If they I, mean, I might be wrong. If they come out cold, it just when does the seat get hot? How many losses can you have this year before it's like, dude, you're not producing? I mean, if we went two consecutive years without producing results, I would worry about my job. I think anybody should worry about their job. Oh, yeah, you have another season like you did last year. He's probably out. But I just don't know who's then going to come take the job because Kaiser's your quarterback, and most coaches are going to be like, I don't know. I would rather have a proven commodity and that kind of thing. Now it's a revolving door at the QB position again because you know what a new coach wants. He wants his guys. And so it's like, well, I didn't draft any of these dudes. And, like, that's part of the problem is, like, I understand that, but, like, you got to build this into a job people will want. And if you keep firing coaches every two years, no good coach is ever going to want it. Now, you do have a defensive coordinator who has previous head coaching experience. I don't remember what his record was, but he did like head coach for about 30 minutes. So you might see, and I've been saying for a while since they hired him, you might see that slide. You might. I don't know for sure, but you might. A little David Blatt, Ty Lue situation right there. Maybe a little bit there. All right. Maybe a little bit there. So everybody in Florida is, uh, you know, is gearing up for Irma, right? Yeah. And they're like worried what's going to happen. They saw what happened in Houston. People are trying to be proactive and get out of there, find shelters, do that whole thing. And there's now a sheriff in Florida, the Polk County Sheriff, who has released a series of tweets that have people raising some eyebrows down in Florida. Turn this into the Florida files, I suppose. And apparently, dude, one of the tweets says, I I have a few of them here. I'll read them to you. If you go to a shelter for hashtag Irma, be advised. Our officers will be at every shelter checking IDs. Sex offenders, predators will not be allowed, the first tweet reads. If you have a warrant, turn yourself into the jail. It's a secure shelter, reads another. And then another one says here, if you go to a shelter for Irma and you have a warrant, we'll gladly escort you to the safe and secure shelter called the Polk County Jail. And people are upset with them, and I don't get it. Because i got to be honest with you. I'm not married, and I don't live in Florida. But if I were, and I was packing up my wife and my daughters, and I was heading to a shelter... I would be worried about the fact that there are a bunch of criminals in here and sex offenders and child molesters in the beds next to me. And if you do have a warrant out or if you are a registered sex offender, guess what? I don't want you in here with my kids. Sorry, I don't. Understood 100% there. Um, I don't want you in the, in the mall with my kids either. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want you anywhere with my kids. If- there are things we can avoid. We can avoid putting putting my kids next to people who have warrants out for their arrest when they're showing up at the door. If, if we're just like, okay, if warrants, yes, I get that. I'm just saying, like, if you're a sex offender and you're out of jail and you filled out all your paperwork and, you, and, you're, and you've notified your neighbors, so I don't get to go into a... I know it sounds harsh, man. I don't want you in there. I mean, so so... At that point, are we just saying, like, okay, you are a registered sex offender, therefore you have to stay out in the streets? I think what we do there is we find a way to where we don't house, we don't put them in the same shelters as we're putting kids. 
that's fair. I mean, but at that point... In the I'm part- not saying, no, dude, you deserve to die in the street. That's not well, what I'm saying. But uh, I don't want you near my kids. But, I mean, that is going to happen. I mean, you, when you when you say, no, you can't come in here, and if unless he explains, like, hey, here's the accommodations that you will have, that inevitably is going to happen. You're going to hear the story about some guy who... And listen, I'm not trying to stand up for, like, sex offenders, but there's going to be some guy who, well, I don't have anywhere else to go out into the street. Oh, it's a civil rights thing, for sure. Like, so, yeah, sooner or later, somebody's going to, like, you know, and bring it up. But my thing is, is then, dude, we there are buildings to find it. Find a way, but I don't want your sex offender sleeping next to my daughter. I don't. How much? How many resources are going to go into this as opposed to like emergency rescue situations where it's like, all right, if we find you with a warrant, we're going to take you to jail. So at that point, you have finding them with a warrant means they're standing there at the door checking before you get in, which is smart. Well, right, but I mean, I'm just saying, like, okay, at that point, so now you have to have an officer of the law take at least one vehicle. To drive that person from you well, know the it, shelter, it's going to be a bus, so it'll be more than one person. So we're not really wasting trips. Let's not pretend Florida's not going to have a ton of sex offenders, and everybody's trying to get into these shelters. So it'll be a bus. I and mean, but it'll how, be one tank of gas. We'll be fine. But how? I mean, at what point does it become like? Is this worth it? For my kid not to be raped in a shelter, always worth well, it. Well, and if it's it I, starts out as worth it. I mean, if it's if it's if it's you know if we're dealing with you know five feet of water like they were in Houston, how are they going to expedite that? How are they going to make that happen? I don't know. I don't work for FEMA. Well, it's not FEMA; it's the police. Well, I, I don't work for them either. It's not my job to figure it out. It's my job to, to say, dude, that I'm with this sheriff. The problem is, is that dude, cops got such a bad name now that common sense is going to come off as mean. This is common sense. No parent's going to want to put their kids next to sex offenders. Figure it out. I get that they're human, and I, yeah, I don't want them just to wash away in the street, but there's buildings in Florida. Find a way. More so than, yes, and I agree with you 100% there, of like, there's definitely going to be issues where you have to, where you have to prioritize some people as opposed to others, but when it comes to the point of like, well, hey, sorry, we couldn't, you know, we couldn't rescue that woman because we were busy bussing people back and forth. There's just going to be a line. Uh, there. No, I think that that's absurd because the guy driving the bus isn't the guy going to go rescue that woman. But but officers of the law are the people. First responders are the people who are going to be who are going to be dealing with this. So if if if, if you're wor- a if- first responder is not the guy, the guy driving the ambulance and the and the guy with the gurney going out there rescuing people isn't the same guy that works for the police department that's going to be driving the bus. But when you're putting people in... As a matter of fact, the corrections officers, the ones who drive the buses back and forth to the jail, aren't cops. They're corrections officers. It's a separate department. So no, it's not going to be that at all. That's why they're separate departments. This The problem is, is that people now are in Florida like, this cop is mean. See, this proves every cop is bad. No, this cop's making common sense. If you show up to a shelter and you have an active warrant, you're supposed to be in jail anyway. So how, this guy saying we're going to take you where you're supposed to be anyway is now considered wrong? Now, to show you the other side of this, we did have a hurricane in New Orleans. And it was ended up finding out that inmates in those jails were kind of mistreated and were dealt with last and all that. And we had some deaths down there. So negative things can happen. So it's not like, well, if you take them to jail, they're going to be totally safe. Right? Let's be honest. We know that. All right? I'll make room for that. But again, you have an active warrant out. So you're only supposed to be in that place because of something you did. We're not just ramp- We're not just going around with the net, finding people we think are criminals and throwing them in there before the hurricane hits. That's not what's happening. You're supposed to be in the jail. That's what the warrant is. So when you show up at the door and it comes up with an active warrant, get your ass on the bus and take your punk ass to jail where you're supposed to be. This is common sense. 
And what do I always say? Is that sometimes common sense and sometimes the right thing is mean. Because the world's not always nice. Sometimes it looks mean because that's what needs to get done. You ever remember growing up, what'd your parents tell you? That doing the right thing is always harder. That if it feels like it's hard what you're about to do, it proves you're doing the right thing. Because the wrong thing's always easy to do. Always. The right decision is what takes resolve, and it's what's hard. And that's what you do. Guns N' Roses tickets on the way next. Hang on. Dan Stansbury. Matt Fantone. Just kiss your fruit pigs. The Stansbury Show. Chilling in the studs with my dudes. On Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got Sansbury here. I'm excited about another NFL season. This week, the Browns and Steelers in action at 1 p.m. is when they kick the ball off. You can find me at TD's Tailgate Grill, their Lake Cable Jackson location, as I'll be there from 1230 to 230, getting you hooked up with prizes and $2 Coors Light pints, and you get to keep the pint glass. If the Browns aren't your thing, 6 9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. We have Guns N' Roses tickets. We're going to pass those out momentarily. 1-800-243-7625, the number you need on them. That shows October the 26th at the queue, and we'll put you in momentarily. I just keep hearing good things about that tour, dude. Every Everyone online, everyone that I know that's went to it, just nothing but positive reviews. So hot tickets right there. Great. I wonder which Browns offensive lineman is going to get hurt in the front row of it. Can't wait. You know what I mean? Like a Marshall Stack's going to fall on our center or like or something. I'm just, dude, I'm terrified of that. If you haven't heard, Miles Garrett hurt, undergoing an MRI, I believe, today. Browns are fearful he's going to miss weeks of action. Yikes. It's going to, I mean, if, if you don't Yikes. think that changes the overall game plan of the Browns and more so of the other teams. The offense of other teams. Yeah, right. I mean, dude, that's. Guess where they're going to run the ball now? The dude swallowed up two offensive linemen every time he played, every snap he played this this preseason. So, like, that totally clears up, you know, opportunities for other teams. You're not much of a beer guy, huh? Um, I drink I drink domestic lights. That's my thing. I uh, I yeah, uh, and you hate the bro country. They're always the they're, they're the champions know. of domestic and cold. I'm a complex man. I, uh, I I am not a fan of craft beers. And I know nowadays that's like, oh my god, what is wrong with yeah, you? Yeah, you might as well be a pedophile. Right. I mean, honestly, at this <laughs> yeah. point, you might as well be a leper. Like people treat me like I'm like less than. I remember this one time I went to a bar and the bartender's like, oh, well, do you want a real beer? And I'm like, shut up. This dude. is a real beer. I'm like, shut uh, shut up. Like, what do you? Like, who are you? bartender to tell me what is real beer or not see i love ipas and like that kind of stuff i i love craft beer but i'm not a beer snob because i'll go to the bar and i'll drink a 16 pounder can of rolling rock like rolling rock's my favorite beer ever like so like i'm not necessarily a beer snob but it's national beer lovers day all right and uh you know i'm kind of one of these guys i find like all these days to be kind of annoying yeah but uh, america has had a love affair with its beer i it's like a you know it's a coming of age thing with men and i i can't speak for women but for men in this country it's a coming of age you cut the lawn for the first time or whatever your dad then then gives you a sip of beer or whatever it's just kind of like a coming of age now that wasn't my family history. My parent, neither one of my parents drank while I was alive, or while my dad was alive. Okay. Like my mom drinks now, and she doesn't know it. My brother will make her mudslide sometimes, but like put booze in it, and she doesn't know it's just because they want her to be quiet at the end. Of the- <laughs> but she's been living with them twenty years, so I totally get it. But like it's National Beer Lovers Day, and I do. I started thinking about it. Like we are a little lucky here. 
Because Ducanton Brewing Company is really good. Like, it's really good. Shale Brewing out of here is really good. Like, their beer is pretty good. And Royal Docks now is starting to be like, get come on the beer scene, and their beer is really good. Like, Ducanton's got good beer here. I feel like, I mean, don't get me wrong, I think that this area, but it's probably most areas at this point, there has been a boom in, in small breweries and things like that. It's become the, yeah, it's become the, we should buy a bar. It's right. become that business. Right. And, 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 you know, I think it, you know, probably started with most dudes 20 years years ago like oh you can brew your own beer in your basement and like that eventually turned into a multi-billion dollar industry my buddy tried in his and his his family had a little bit of money and so he took a bathroom nobody used and he was trying to do it in the bathtub and it did not come out good i remember when i was a kid my dad brewing beer really i don't remember drinking it but yeah he totally used to be all about that and i'm talking like Forever mid, ago, mid nineties, like early to mid nineties. So man, he was, but he had to go to like the back of Mad Magazine and order it. Exactly. I mean, like it was him and a couple of his buddies, and I don't know how they got into it, but they were brewing their own. Trying beers to avoid and, their wives. That's well, how they got I, into I it. <laughs> That's how they got into yeah, it. I guess. Um, but I don't know. It just never appealed to me. I uh, and I think most people would be surprised at this point. Um, most breweries outside of like yes, the ones that are local, most like craft beers you see in the in the grocery store and stuff like that, they're owned by Budweiser. They're owned by... You now know, they are, yeah. yeah. They're owned by Coors. They're owned by... Yeah, Big Beer, what they've done is they've gone around and they have signed like a... Uh, it's much like how like a production company will buy an album and then they dist- they're the distributor. Right. They buy the distribution right. rights to the beer. And yes, they're everywhere now. It used to just be... It was like Colorado, Oregon, California were like the, the, like the three states that were in it. And now like everybody's in this. And, dude, Ohio's got a bunch of really good beer. Like, I know, um, what's the one? Who makes Rheingeist and now that beer's out of Cincinnati? They're really good. The Columbus Brewing Company's really good. Like, Ohio's, like, on the map now for beer. But as it's National Beer Lover's Day, I actually, my new favorite beer that I drink a lot, and actually it's in my fridge right now, is I, I found it at Blossom. And I just happened to be, like, in the craft beer line. And I was like, all right, well, I've never heard of that. Give me, give me one of those. And it's by New Belgium, who makes Fat Tire. A lot of people like Fat Tire, and I do, too. But New Belgium has a it has a, what they call an easygoing ale. It's called Day Blazer, uh, okay. Day Blazer, and it's delicious. Like I could not get enough at that at Blossom. I was drinking that at the Green Day show, and I fell in love with it. It's, it's so it's an easy drinker. Like yeah. what? Give me give me a description. What do you got? Well, it is just like kind of like an easy drinking ale. It's kind of got like a little bit of like a craft beer taste, but it's not heavy. Okay, like you know what I mean. It doesn't taste heavy. Doesn't feel heavy. Like a lot of those IPAs, you get halfway through no. a pint of it, and you're like, oh my god, I'm full. I, I, I remember when the the craft beer revolution kind of kicked off, and like I mean, I think I mean Sierra Nevada was like the first. Right. One. I was gonna say Sierra Nevada, Blue Moon, stuff like that was yeah. kind of early, early. That was craft ish. That's the, well, basic now, but right, yes, in right. its time, in yeah. its time was you know a big deal. And I can just remember like drinking some of those beers and being like, okay, I have to drink this, and it was just like oil, dude. I mean, like and that's always what I've thought about Guinness. It's like you're just sitting there drinking a glass of gravy, and no thanks, See, man, no thank you. I'm not wild about stouts either. Like I'm not like Guinness is all right. Um, but I'm like the stouts aren't my. I'm here's the thing. I'm not. I guess I'm really not much of a craft beer guy because I don't really like the porters. Right. I really don't like the sours. I really don't. Um, I, I'm not big into. I'm not big into the stout. I'm an IPA guy. Like if I drink craft beer, give me a good IPA, a double IPA, something like that. I'll be fine. Some of the times those doubles though, man, you drink half that thing and you're just hammered. 
Like sometimes, dude, I just want to eat a plate of chicken wings and drink a beer and not be like blacked out drunk. And that's what I was going to say, too, is that like, I mean, and don't get me wrong. I know plenty of people have ruined their lives on Miller Lite. It's not like, <laughs> yeah, it's, not no, like no. it's not like exclusive. Yeah, Mad like, was on them, too. But yeah. like, but those, I mean, you know, those, those, those beers where it's like you drink one of them and your night's over. Either that or you get, your night's over in handcuffs. You have the two options right. there. Like you can either hang it up after one or you can get thrown into the county there. And, and who, who wants either of those? Well, now I want to get day drunk. It's National there Beer is. Beer Lovers Day. I want to get Hold on, dude. There's a meeting at 10 o'clock, dude. Just crack one open. Well, uh, dude, here's the thing. My next meeting after that, I have a meeting at 10 here, and then I have a meeting at 12, actually, at Twisted Olive. So if I'm going to go there, I probably should drink wine and probably won't drink a lot of beer there. I'm actually looking forward to there. Uh, dude, the food's so good. So I'm excited about that meeting. I won't be paying attention to a damn thing said in it. I'll just be eating and drinking the wine, but that should be fun. Guns N' Roses playing October 26th at the queue. Let's send you right now. I remember to do it. Everybody celebrate job, that. Buddy. We'll take caller 25 at 1-800-243-7625. 1-800-243-7625 on the Guns N' Roses tickets. And Isaiah Thomas has some positive, uh, positive words for Cavs fans, and I'll relay those to you next on Rock 106.9. Dan Stansbury, Matt Fantone. Just kiss your fruit cakes. The Stansberry Show. Chilling in the studes with my dudes. On Rock 1069. 106.9. Right at the second baseman, Hanson. He goes to Saladino for one, and he throws it in the dirt. And now coming home is Romero. And the hit first slide. He's in there safely. Oh, what an aggressive base running bolt from third by Jose Romero. Little audio there from the uh, the tribe win last night, fourteen in a row, heading for fifteen tonight. You got Kluber on the mound, which normally gives you a pretty good shot to win the game. So we'll uh, keep our eyes on that a little later and see if the Indians can go to fifteen in a row. Jeez, that's worth, pretty good. Worth worth noting, man. Jose Ramirez, boy oh boy, has that put a guy put himself in the contention for like MVP? Like that guy. I, I I knew he was good, but like this year has just been his Breakout. coming out party yeah. on something else, dude. He's, that is true. Uh, he's established himself as one of the best in the game on both sides, too. Guy just gets it done. Yeah, he's good. We're lucky to have him. Actually, we got a really good team. You got to think, too. I mean, 15 in a row, Andrew Miller's still hurt. Kipnis right. is still out. I think Brantley's still out. Like, those are three of the big names on the Indians right there. Next man up. That's how you know, dude. Tito can get it done keep with the Cleveland sports here. Miles Garrett obviously going to, you know, undergo his MRI today, but let's move on to the Cavs. There was this kid who uh, posted this, I believe it was his Instagram, maybe it was his Twitter, and it was a picture of him and Isaiah Thomas. And Isaiah Thomas is wearing a Cavaliers hoodie. And so the kid sends the picture of him and Isaiah Thomas to his mom and says, what do you think of the new Cavs gear? And she thinks he's talking about the sweatshirt. And he's obviously talking about our new point guard, Isaiah Thomas. And she says, oh, I love that. Why don't you have one? And the kid says, oh, well, they're not out yet. And she says, well, how did that kid get one? (laughs) It's like, mom, that's not a kid. That's Isaiah Thomas, our new point guard, because Isaiah Thomas is like 5'8", and he does. In the photo next to this kid, he looks like he could be in high school. Oh, yeah. I mean, dude, he's really short. And so Isaiah Thomas now has come out and said uh, that you're not going to want to mess with the Cavaliers this year. Basically saying, look, we're going to be really good. 
Says he's sad leaving Boston, fell in love with Boston, first team to kind of like give him a shot and all that. And, and I get that, and that's who he is, and that's who people are. And, you know, it was the team that took a shot on you. You're going to love it. At the end of the day, dude, the first person you loved will always have a memory. You know, it's not, yeah. that, you, it's not that you still love them. It's not that you're still, like, hung up on them, but they'll always be The first that. and last person you have sex with yeah. is normally like, dude, those are the bookends to your sexual history. And right. so, yeah, the first team you play for is going to be one of the bookends there. And I think, you know, he ended up being a two-time All-Star and all that or whatever and you know when you stack the numbers up i guess you know the production wise it, it's not very far off of Kyrie irving not very far off at all i mean points per game assists per game rebounds per game pretty much everything that you know gets 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 considered into statistical nba categories they're very very comparable players i i will stand firm that you know isaiah thomas kind of is the poor man's Kyrie irving but like i'll take a 90 percent of Kyrie irving okay and so Danny Ainge had said yesterday, he's the you know the you know the Celtics GM. He said, "Look, I you know we like Kyrie, and we think he'll be more of a passer facilitator here in our system because LeBron's like the point guard of you know the Cleveland Cavaliers, just has the ball in his hands too much, and that they feel like passing is going to really you know step up in Kyrie Irving's game this year. I don't see that. I, I think Kyrie knows he's you know phenomenal, and so when you have that ability, it's hard not to lean on it. Well, hard not to lean on it, and uh, if you couldn't pass." the ball when you had LeBron, LeBron James. James. I mean, really. And Tristan Thompson, pretty decent big in there. And well, like and a couple I mean, other guys, know, yeah. And, and Kyle Korver, one of the best three-point shooters of all time. J.R. Yeah. Smith, a, an elite three-point shooter. Kevin Love, an, a, a very good three-point shooter. Um, how are you going to start passing the ball to Gordon Hayward? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and, and Al Horford. Like, what? Uh, that, I agree. That doesn't, you. you're gonna, there's going to be more pressure on you to do more with the ball in your hands. You're going to see a lot more Kyrie ISO basketball. I would think not, so. It's not a terrible thing. I mean, Kyrie's really good in ISO, but... I'm going to be very excited to watch Celtics games this year. I'm a Kyrie Irving fan. I, I want the Cavaliers to win. I believe that they probably ultimately will. But I'm going to tell Isaiah Thomas now, look, what he's doing to the fan base here is the smart thing. Is get them all ramped up. Get them to like, look, everything's going to be fine. You're not going to want to mess with us. But I'll be honest with you, I don't see it that way. And I'm going solely off previous history. Anytime LeBron gets new teammates, it takes a while. It took a while in Miami, took a while when he came back here. It's just the way it is. And because, again, it's because of the greatness that is LeBron's game. And it's hard for him to start to, to take a guy and trust him the way he needs to in big moments. Because if you're LeBron, you're like, well, dude, I'm the second greatest basketball you know, of all time. Probably you know, a lot of people even consider me first. I'm of one of those people, right? And so like, I think there's this thing that happens where he's like, no, I'll just do this, right? And I think it's going to take a while for these new pieces to mesh with LeBron. It just, it always has. It, him and Dwayne Wade, who were buddies, didn't get on the same page early. Uh, you know, I, I, I'll agree that, you know, it always takes a little bit of adjustment time to get together and kind of like make things work right. Um, I think that the Cavs will have enough time to do that by the time the playoffs hit. Like I said, I think Kyrie Irving, or I'm sorry, Isaiah Thomas, very much the poor man's Kyrie Irving. It's not like he has to drastically change how he looked at the point guard position in that sense. Like he's able to say, well, this guy is a very comparable skill set. This guy is a very comparable production. I can still look at the look at the point guard position the same that I did last year when he went to Miami and it was like, yo, boom, everything spun. You're playing with these dudes that are elite talents and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. He had never played with that. 
that before. He's played with an elite point guard before, and he's going to end up plays it, in this style. It, but it did take a while for him to get you know accustomed to Kyrie here too. And so you know, I, you know, Isaiah Thomas says this. I'm just going to say this here, point blank, to get to get it over with. And then you can go ahead and post on whatever bulletin board you want to. You are not going to want to mess with the Cavs this year. He said, "Me on the Cavs is a match made in heaven." If you've only watched any, if you've watched any Celtics games, rather, he says, "You know how many times I would have to go through double and even triple teams just to get my shot off." This year, it's not even going to be a thing. You're gonna. He's like, you really going to throw three guys on me when I'm sharing the court with the best basketball player on the planet? He says, nah, I don't think so. Now, some of that is true. That LeBron will draw so much attention that Isaiah may get some more open looks. And if he was already scoring a halfway decent amount, you put him open, probably scores more there. Yeah, I mean, averaging in the regular season like 20 point plus points a game, the guy's he's always capable of scoring 30 points. And that's really what you need out of out of your one of your top three dudes is the ability to create offense like that. And I do think he'll have more opportunities than he did last year. Now, will those always translate into points for him? Not necessarily, but he's going to be playing a much different game than he did last year where LeBron necessarily isn't. LeBron still looks at it the same. They asked Isaiah Thomas what it's going to be like to try to take down the team he helped build. He said, look, man, it's sad. He said, but I didn't come to Cleveland to lose. And so, yeah, I wouldn't imagine. Well, you know, he didn't pick it either. He kind of got sent here. So, but I mean, you could be sent way worse places. If I was Isaiah Thomas, you might be looking at like, wow, dude, this kind of worked out. Pretty good, right? I'd rather rather be here. I I would probably rather be here. Yeah, more storied franchise than the Celtics, but you probably have a better chance to win here, uh, you know, with LeBron. But I just worry that it will take like one more season. You know what I mean? Like it took a season in Miami. It took a season with, you know, Kyrie back here. And I worry that it's going to take another season here. And then if it does, then LeBron, you know, can opt out the next year or whatever. He can go. And it's like, dude, does he go? Because he's like, man, I'm sick of this. Like, I just, you know, I need to get where I need to get and, you know, finish my career out. Now, I maintain I think he's probably going to go. But the news did come out that apparently that the, the these transformations on the queue are going to move forward. Now, right. a lot of people, and I was one of them, said, look, when that was, like, pulled back and the Cavs were walking away from the deal, I was like, well, that kind of sounds like LeBron's out and they know it. So now I guess the reverse would have to be true. If that's what I felt there, like, uh, well, you know, if we're going to move forward, maybe then now behind the scenes what we're hearing or what they're what what they know that we don't is maybe he's agreed to say i think they have to play their cards as if this is the last year on the face of the planet for the cleveland cavaliers as far as roster moves i think right yeah. everything that they do has to be win today um i think they think that lebron's going to say they hope lebron's going to say but at the end of the day i don't prepare think, for the worst i don't i don't know if lebron knows i just i i that's I, fair I stand by that. I think a lot of people have it in the, in their mind of like, well, he's definitely gone or he's definitely staying, and I just don't think that there's any definitives when it comes to him. I think it's very fair for people who say, well, look, man, he does want to see how this season plays out, and that some things that happen during this season may weigh in on the decision. That would be crazy not to not to leave that that door open on that. I would agree that there's probably a. I, I'm thinking he's leaning seventy thirty on going. That's where I feel like he is, but. The, are there things that could happen this season that will change his mind or convince him to stay here? Absolutely. Like I always say about my opinion, my opinion is what my opinion is. But if something in the very if something in the situation changes, then yes, I'm going to adjust what my opinion is. So if I can do that, then I'm imagining that LeBron James being at the top of his field could do that too. It's just going to be interesting to see what happens there. I think it's probably going to take a little longer for them to get together than people think. Because like I said, I think when you're playing next to an all-time great like that, especially if you're Isaiah, it's like, well, what do I do? Does he want the ball? now? Does he want me to do it? Like, you know, what do we do? And I think it's going to take a little time to get that on pace. So we know about transsexuals. We know about all, you know, bisexuals. We know about homosexuals. 
Get ready for the ecosexuals. I'll explain next on Rock 106.9. Dan Stansberry, Matt Fantone. Just kiss your friend Hanks. The Stansberry Show. Chilling in the studs with my dudes. On Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got Stansberry here. When I go shopping for anything, you know what I want? Options. Selection. Give me choices. And that's what I love about the Wickham Auto family. They are Stark County's largest pre-owned dealer. When I went up to the Wickham Auto Mile to search for my new car, I couldn't believe how many choices I had. They have over 500 pre-owned vehicles for you. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sands Ray Show and Rock 106.9. Win your way out to Vegas for the 2017 iHeartRadio Music Festival. Uh, get ready for a big, huge dose of I told you so. Because Miles Garrett, high ankle sprain. They're going to re-examine it in a few weeks is when they'll update, a, update us on a status. Weeks. Nice. It's over. Dude, I thought they were 4-12 and 12 before when they had a transformative defensive player. Dude, it's 2-14 and 14 now, right? Gotta be. Now, Vegas won't attribute points to any other player normally than the quarterback. So, like, it may not go up or down for them. But we know how this is going to go. And I said this to start the show out when we when we talked about it earlier. Somebody's going to ask the question. If you got hurt in the in the early part of practice, what did you have him practicing on it for another couple of hours for? People say, well, you know, it's just practice. Well, he couldn't finish it, though. He left practice before it was over. Couldn't finish it. I'm going to bet you that it was him. I bet you he wanted to keep going and didn't inform people. Okay. I think that then you got to know that. Like you got, dude. You and I know that that that's what players are going to do. Then how does the coaching staff not know that? And how does the coaching staff or their trainers say, you know what? Since it is practice, and we're preparing for a game, we're going to lose anyway, and everybody knows it. We're going to err on the side of caution with you, and you're going to ride the bike the rest of the practice. What's wrong with that? If they told him that, if it comes out that like, hey, do you want me to go back in or not? But if they didn't tell him, what do they? I don't understand how they're supposed to know. Like, how are you supposed to know he got hurt? I, I'm saying, dude, he. I, they obviously knew he was hurt because they said that he got hurt early in practice, and they continued to. He continued to practice. You cannot trust the gladiator that the gladiator's okay. Why do you think we don't trust them on concussions anymore? Because guys forever would say, "Got my bell wrong. I'm going back in." You can't trust the athlete. The athlete's always going to want to play. You know why? Because you, the fan, are going to call him a puss if he doesn't. It's really us that did this. It's not the coaching staff. It's not Miles Garrett. It's us. It's because we constantly look at the athlete and go, millions of dollars, chase down a ball, you can't get out there and do it. This is us. We did this. And now, probably the best player we have on our defense, which is kind of sad, too, since he's never played an NFL game, is out now weeks I'm telling you, man, like, I, I don't know what you let, I don't know what, why were you playing around with it? It's like my quarterback. If my quarterback got a little shaken up in practice, guess what? You're done. You're done. That's enough. Just go sit down. You're important. Miles Garrett's important. The third string guy, get him out there. Have him practice. But if Miles Garrett's everything you think he is, what does he really, I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. Everybody needs to practice. But what'd you let him continue it for? You're the Cleveland Browns. You know the kind of luck you have. And now your first round draft pick is probably done for a while. Right? High ankle sprain, this is normally what? Seven, eight weeks, right? I mean, if they say they're not going to say anything else for another couple of weeks, then yeah, I mean, to assume a month is not a stretch at all. Yeah, this is bad. Like, I listened to some of Hugh's comments, and dude, he sounds downtrodden about it. 
Like, he sounds terrible about it. That's what everybody's commenting about right now, is that listening to Hugh, it just sounds like, oh, my God, because he knows it's over. <laughs> I do. This team cannot catch a break. They just can't. I, I, dude, I don't believe in sports curses at all. Like, I don't believe in sports curses, not one bit. But if they were real, you would have to admit that we're suffering from one of them. And you know what it is? You know, they always used to say it was the curse of the Bambino, with the, you know, when, when Boston let him go and he went to New York. This is the curse of Bill Belichick. That's what it is. You had what ended up being the greatest NFL coach in the history of the game, is what it's looking like right now. You had him in your grips. Had him here. And you ran him out of town. Because you fell in love with the Afro superstar that is Bernie Kosar. You know, somebody said to me the other day, you know, you know, you were all giving Hugh credit and you're giving the Browns credit because they got off of Joe Hayden before, before it was time. You know, they got out of him early, and that's what Belichick does. He's not Belichick. And I said to him, I said, well, you might be right. The problem is we had Belichick, and we didn't think he was who he was either. Because, like I've been saying to you for the last two days, the 500 section never has any clue on what the hell they're talking about. That's why they're up in the 500 section. Get ready for a long, awful season. Because things like this are just going to keep happening now. It's a slippery slope. Once you start a snowball downhill, guess what happens? Build steam. Yeah, if they don't get any traction, if they can't gain momentum early in the season, it is. What's the rest of that defense going to feel like now? What's the rest of that defense going to feel like now? Like I said when we told you the story, the first thing out this morning, what did I say? What was the first thing that went through your head yesterday when you heard Miles Garrett was hurt? You thought, oh, God, here we go again. Season's over. That's what you thought. So if you're thinking that, why is my cornerback not thinking that? that? Why is the safety not thinking that? bunch of young impressionable guys too you start losing you start getting that mentality you start having that feeling of like well this is who we are this is what we do you were already a brown and now what one of the best browns is hurt i'm telling you bro if you don't think that white flag is coming out in the minds of defensive players for the cleveland browns you're crazy you're crazy i don't want to go overboard here because it, it, it's a team sport but this was a huge shot excuse me huge shot in the foot there this is now the other foot. He already had a foot issue. High ankle sprain. This stuff normally keeps guys out seven, eight weeks. It's over. <laughs> it's over, man. I thought, dude, I thought I was being optimistic at four wins. I think it's less now. I do. I think it's less now. Can't put pressure on the opposing team quarterback. He's going to have a bunch of time back there just to sit there and pick apart your 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 defense, your, your defensive backs. Who, I mean, who is back there? Bunch of young dudes. Jabir Peppers is your starting safety. It's just, dude, like, I I remember when Belichick was here and people were screaming about getting him out of town. He sucks. He sucks. The guy's got five rings now because you were too impatient to wait. And I know Modell moved the team and all that stuff. Come on, dude. The the, the Belichick needs to go stuff was in the plane. Dude, I remember my grandmother screaming. She was the biggest sports fan you've ever met in in your life. My dad's mom, biggest sports fan you'll ever meet in your life. Actually, used to bring me down here every year to the Pro Football Hall of Fame because she loved it. And I remember her screaming about, oh, my God, they're going to fire this guy. Everybody's calling for his head, and he's the guy. An 80-year-old woman knew. <laughs> uh, dude, I'm telling you, this is, this is bad news bears. They are the bad news browns. And it looks like it's going to continue a little bit more.
I got more bad news for you. It turns out your boy Trump is, in fact, not crazy. He's not insane. It's not mental health. I'll explain next. Hang on. Dan Stansbury. Matt Fantone. Just kiss your fruitcakes. The Stansbury Show. Chilling in the studes with my dudes. On Rock 106.9. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. If you haven't heard yet, Miles Garrett diagnosed with a high ankle sprain. Team says they're going to update his status in a few weeks. I'm hearing now that uh, people close to the team feel that this is a huge blow and that the team was depending on him to end up with double-digit sacks this season. I mean, isn't that kind of hard to do? Yeah, I mean, not an easy thing to do. I mean, he's I got assume. the talent for sure. Miles Garrett definitely had the talent to be able to do that. It's just, I'm not sure, like a rookie, it's like guaranteed, like, hey, your double digit sacks are coming. I feel like that's a little bit harder to do than people think. Even if you're going to roll it back and say, let's say, eight sacks, yeah. one every other game, which would have been great. I mean, that's that's still huge on a defense and the ability to, you know, take up blockers. Um, I, uh, yeah, wait, you were going to have to double team Miles. Waitingfornextyear.com has it listed as four to six weeks. Um, I oh. just I just saw a chart. Um, that's better. And it, it, it basically broke down, like, of the high ankle sprains that have happened in the past 10 years of the NFL, how long does it take people to get back? And you've got some guys who were able to come back after two games. Other dudes, it was, you know, 10-plus games. Average was three to four. So Okay, well, here's the thing. If it's Let's say it's three. Let's give the Browns a little bit of good luck sprinkled in their way, and let's say it's three. Then it's not that bad and you could probably you know overcorrect it and you could probably you know what I mean get back on track I hope there's a part of me that's like well people think I hate the Browns I don't I'm just a realist there's a part of me that thinks well like it's not that bad because you're right I mean three weeks four weeks isn't isn't terrible but like I said earlier in the show man if you if you start to build loser mentality you start to Fasters, feel that, man. that creeping you know in the back of your brain that like hey this team isn't good enough I you know I we're, we're in a bad situation here I don't know if him coming back week four or five is going to be enough to like jolt that out of you fair but and it's not like it's guaranteed that you were going to win any of those first four games anyway with him there so i agree i think i think you lose the first game even if miles garrett's there i think you lose to pittsburgh i just do but that's me and i guess you know people say you're a pessimist and you hate the browns i don't hate the browns i might be a pessimist i I will meet you halfway that occasionally i can be a little bit of a pessimist i call it realist you call it pessimist you know tomato tomato there um we were talking on the show the other day about the dangers of when people self-diagnose right Right. And it's like, oh, no, you know, I'm depressed. And I said, you know, no, not wanting to go to work doesn't mean you're depressed. It just means you're human. And not being able to focus on something doesn't mean that, like, you have ADD. Right. Not knowing where your car keys is is not ADD. Right. But, you know, these terms and these things get thrown around so much that people just start using them. And I'm as guilty as anybody else. I'm not knocking you or coming down on you. That's not what's happening. I'm as guilty as anybody else. Right. But another thing that happens is not only the self-diagnosis, but the diagnosing of other people. Like, right? Because we love judgment. And again, I, again, I'm not coming down on you. Nobody loves to judge people more than me. It's like one of my favorite things in the world to do. Right? And so, but we'll do that. Oh, well, she's crazy. Or, oh, you know, she's bipolar. You'll hear that a lot. You'll hear guys say that a lot about the girls they date. She's bipolar. And if I ask them to tell me what the definition of bipolar is, they don't know. And just a spoiler alert here, guys. If every chick that you've ever either dated or tried to go out with or tried to, like, you know, seduce or whatever. They're not crazy. You well, are. if they're either if they're either all crazy or all lesbians, there's a problem with you. With it, you. It, it, that's really on you. It's like I always say to women who bitch about the dudes they date online. Lady, all those guys had one thing in common. You picked them. The issue's you, not the dude. 
So the self the self diagnosing is bad, and the diagnosing of other people is really bad. And I have here a little write up from a guy, Alan Francis, who apparently is a like a leader in mental illness diagnosis. Okay, he's like on the forefront, one of the leaders of this, and he says, look. A lot of people are out there saying that Donald Trump is exhibiting mental illness symptoms. He says, you got to be careful about this because it's wrong. He says, does he show you stereotypical narcissistic behavior? Absolutely. But that's not mental illness. He says, a lot of athletes are narcissistic. A lot of great actors are narcissistic. A lot of great CEOs are narcissistic. That's not necessarily mental illness, nor is narcissism always bad. Right, A lot of times, narcissists kind of need that mentality to reach the level of greatness that they got. And he says, now he shows narcissism. Again, I don't necessarily think that's wrong. I agree with Alan Francis here. I'm not necessarily sure that's wrong. He says, but assigning psychological disorders to Trump is not only wrong, but futile. He says, Vice President Pence, the cabinet, and Congress would never invoke the 25th Amendment because it would amount to political suicide for everyone concerned and for the Republican Party. And any psychological fitness exam would also be inherently biased and unreliable, he says. He says, Alan Francis does, that his best guess is that Trump will eventually be removed from power, but via the appropriate investigative and political process, not a psychiatric evaluation. Yeah, what he's talking about there with the Twenty Fifth Amendment is like if the if the if the president were to go like literally crazy, there has to be something in place there, or if he's in a coma, or if right. he's you know in- incapable. You sign of, over right. power, and then you can be like put you know put back and all that. But he says you got to be careful here because what you're doing is again, this is why there's been so much misinformation on mental illness in this country and the cell in the diagnosing of this stuff. And this is why people don't want to talk openly about it is because look now is like, we, what do we do? We post memes of Trump looking crazy and then call them nuts. And this is why people who feel like they have mental illness are like, you know what? I don't want to come out of the closet on this because then there's just going to be memes about me and they're not wrong. They're not wrong. And I think that this is interesting because I don't think Trump has mental illness. I don't, I think he has, is he tone deaf sometimes? Yeah. Is he not worried about making sure he looks like the nicest person on on the planet? Yeah, he definitely does that. Now, would I be a little bit more concerned about that had I had his job? Yeah. I feel like that job's different than mine. I'm not worried about looking like I'm the nicest person in the world. I don't care about that because I don't feel like my job requires that. I think the president's job, or I do think that the president's job should require that. And so sometimes I'm not in love with some of the things he says and does because I just would like the president to be a little bit more unifying. And that's just how I view that position. But that's my opinion. But I I agree with Alan here. I think he's narcissistic. I don't think he's crazy. Insanity and ignorance are two very, very different things. That's why there's two words. And I think that some people will look at things and it's like, well, he doesn't even understand what's going on with this. He's crazy. And it's like, well, no, not necessarily. No, not informed. Right. Just because you're not informed on something doesn't mean that like there's something hardwired wrong in your brain. And again, this is how, you know, words don't matter in this country the way they used to. Because really what he is is reckless, not crazy. Like... Overreacting to things you don't totally are not totally informed or understand is reckless, not, not necessarily insane, and that's you know what I mean. But words just don't mean what they used to, and everything kind of means everything now. And it's just, that's not his fault; that's our fault. And there's, I mean, a little bit of, and yes, any sort of mental illness does have a stigma on it, and it has a layer of 
I don't want that. That's bad. You know, a negativity that comes along with it. Um, I feel like there's some people who are just so desperate to bring Trump down a peg or to prove their, you know, their virtue by 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 expo- by expressing their opinions on this. But it's like. <sighs> Just because it's anything negative that you can get your hands on, you're going to try to throw around that guy's neck. It yes. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether it's factual or not. It doesn't matter whether it's... Now, that doesn't negate negative things that he's done, but it's like you just can't start saying every bad word and being like, nope, that's Trump. Nope, that's Trump. Nope, that's Trump. Because at that point, I mean, you're you're undercutting your own points. You're, right. What, what, what was a you're valid the boy point... boy who cried wolf. Right. What was a valid point has now turned into like, dude, we get it. You hate Trump. Devin's telling me narcissism is classified as a form of mental illness. Now, Devin, I'm going to refer you to Alan Francis. Again, the worldwide leader in in assigning mental illness diagnoses. Right? He says, diagnosing President Donald Trump's alleged mental disorder has become a popular pastime. He says, but it's not what it is. He says, now I agree. I think we made the wrong call, he says, on electing him president. He says, a recent time poll indicates that many Americans think that Trump is unfit for office. He says, I believe we made a terrible mistake in electing him, but Trump's disagreeable traits in no way, in no way indicate that he is mentally ill. Instead, they reveal him to be the ruthless self-promoter he has always been. Now, I want to point this out to you because people are going to be like, libtard, but he is... Alan Francis considers himself to be a lifelong political inactivist. He says, shamefully, I missed out on any action from political events my entire 50 years on the planet. It took Trump being president to get me engaged in this. And that's why I went and looked at it. And he says, there's nothing in him that points to mental, you know, being mentally unstable. Um, according to the Mayo Clinic, narcissistic person, person, or personality disorder is a mental disorder. It, I mean, that's according to the Mayo. Again, Clinic. I think people are going to get hung up on the word disorder. I don't. I think what Alan Francis is meaning to say to you, and and using you know larger terms and not like hyper defining it for you, is that that yes, narcissism may be a mental disorder. It's not going to be one that's going to inhibit you from doing the job of being president because guys are running companies very successfully while being narcissistic. Athletes are reaching the top of their field while being narcissistic. Just because it's a mental disorder does not mean it inhibits you from being able to do your job. That's what he's saying. Right? So... This all hope that a lot of us have, or a lot of you have had, that, oh, well, he's crazy and he's showing it. They're going to remove him. No, they're not. And I think, dude, I've been saying this for a little while now. Hoping and putting all your stock in these kind of baskets are what is going to elect him again. And like I said during the first presidential election with him, I said, you have liberal friends who you have dinner parties with and you follow on Twitter. And while you're at the water cooler at the office, who tell you they hate him and who tell you that they don't like him. And I can't believe this because they know what your opinion's going to be if they tell you they support him. I am telling you right now, you have honest to God friends who you think you're totally aligned with that secretly when they leave your house, they laugh at you on the way home and go, they have no idea, dude, but I would vote for him tomorrow in a heartbeat. You have friends like that and you just don't know it. He didn't get elected by nobody. You know what I mean? And if you keep doing this kind of stuff, even though I don't think he's the right guy, you're going to elect him again. You got to be careful about how you want to go about getting what you want. You got to be careful about it. Because I want you to win too. 
But if you keep doing stuff like this and keep it like, he's just nuts, it's just going to have the people who support him digging their heels in. I think, but I could be wrong on that. But yes, narcissism, technically a mental disorder, it's not going to inhibit you from being able to do your job well at all. Believe me, you know how many radio guys I know who are huge stars that are narcissistic? Most of them. Because you need the self-belief in you to reach certain heights. You just need it. Sometimes you need it. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. Hang on. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. We were talking before the break about how the world leader in mental illness disorders claims that Trump is not mentally ill. He has some narcissistic issues. He's not mentally ill. And uh, via Twitter, at salt underscore 429 says, man, other CEOs and athletes don't have nuclear launch codes, though. And I had to give him that one. I was like, you know what? I got to give you that one. <laughs> no, what I mean, that that's an excellent point. And uh, but I would maintain and this is my guess. I don't have proof of this, but it would be my guess that Donald Trump is not the first narcissist to end up in the Oval Office as president. No, of course right? not. There's, there's no way. I, I just, I just, yeah, I just. And let's not, let's not pretend like all mental disorders are the same. Let's not pretend that all mental, you know, number one, every mental disorder is its own different thing. And there's obviously going to be varying shades and varying degrees of that mental disorder. Sure. So, uh, listen, there are plenty, and I mean plenty of things that you can get up on your high hill about when it comes to President Trump, in my opinion. Um, but just don't start saying things that don't mean anything. Just don't be like, ah, well, he's crazy. Well, that's. That's how people stop listening to you. All right, that doesn't that doesn't you know I mean? mean anything. Frank writes in and says, "Stansberry, you're absolutely right. I'm a lifelong Democrat, but I voted for Trump because I got sick of doing the same thing over and over again and getting the same results. I wanted to change. I wanted to see something different." He's like, "I don't always love everything he does, but he's like, I like how upfront he is. I like how he just tells you flat out, this is why I'm doing it, and this is, and he's not afraid to be bashed for it." Um. Yeah, if there was consistency, I would agree with you, but I feel like that's kind of undercut by a lot of the, you can say stuff, but when you do something differently. Yeah, I, I would agree. He doesn't, he does a good job of talking it, but it, like he'll right. weaken his stance, you know, 30 minutes later. And, you know, again, if I went through the, the record of every president, I'm going to be able to find that in all of them because compromise is just a huge part of that gig. It's just what needs to be done. There's, you know, millions of people. We all want different things. And so, like, how you lead that, how, how you shepherd that flock is going to be difficult. And sometimes compromise is going to be a huge part of that. But I will agree. He seems to kind of go in the wind a little bit there. But I thought that was interesting because I do believe, yeah, I mean, narcissistic. Absolutely. I see that. I'm not sure he's, like, mentally crazy, I guess, was my point there. Some numbers came in on the Mayweather-McGregor fight. And everybody thought this was going to be like a huge deal, right? So I don't know what the pay-per-views were, but I can tell you they sold 13,000 seats in the arena, right? That brought in $55 million. 13,000 seats? That seems a little light, right? That's really light, dude. I mean, that's, that's, that's not a sellout at the queue, right? I mean, that's half of the queue. That's, that's literally half of the queue. Like, ah, dude, that's bad. What does the queue hold? 24, 20? I think. Is I, it thought 24? It was, I thought it was 24, but I could be wrong. It depends on the event, I right. suppose, right? Right. But, and so I, I know the, yeah, but you put seats all the way up to the, up to the, to, yeah. to the ring. So I, I don't think seats were the issue. I mean, I know I was listening to somebody the other day, I forget who said it, but they were at the, they were at the event and they said there were sections that were empty. And yet people were still up in the last row in the rafters. They paid like five grand for those seats and there were sections that were empty. So they sold 13,000 seats. It brought in $55 million. Now I'll give you a little perspective on that because the Mayweather Pacquiao fight sold 3,000 more seats, made $72 million. So everybody thought this was going to be this huge crossover hit and myself included. 
it turned out not so much. I um, So I don't know if you're going to see more of these or not. I think that big events like this, especially fights, because they're... Don't get me wrong, it's a long night, but it's a quick event in the sense of, like, from when bell rings to when the when the match is over. It's like, what, a half hour's worth of total action? Right. I was going to say maybe. And, I mean, that's if it's a long fight. Well, ten rounds, I think it was, right? Or something like that. Three minutes or whatever the minutes around. I think it was, yeah, I think it was just over a half hour. I think most people at this point just know I can catch it quickly and on Facebook afterwards. I can catch the relevant points quickly afterwards on Facebook. Where it's like the Super Bowl, you have to be there for like three hours of it where you don't necessarily feel that way when it comes to fights. You're not going to catch the everything great about a Super Bowl in a 20-second highlight reel. Right. Where with fighting, you totally can. You are right about that. And I think that that is negatively affecting fight game and like, you know, the gates and like the the pay-per-views. I'll tell you that the the difference, though, I think, is with this fight is is that people felt like it was lopsided. Like if you now yeah. schedule McGregor Diaz again, a UFC fight, I don't think this happened. I think people go. I think people buy the pay-per-view because you can't script it out. I think that uh, there was probably a lot of both fan bases that felt very turned off by this too. I think boxing enthusiasts were like, "Dude, you're making a mockery of our sport." What are you bringing WWE into the right. sweet science for? Sure. And, and, and then you've got MMA guys who knew like Connor doesn't stand a chance here. Like, what am I wasting my time on this for? What am I wasting my hundred bucks on? This yeah, I for? think there were a lot of people who felt like they were being bamboozled by it, and so I think that that probably hurt the gate. That's what I'm saying is that I, I'm not sure you're going to see where when this first got announced, it was like this is going to be the new model. We're going to do this. And I don't think so. Because there's only... Dude, like, everybody was telling me, oh, McGregor, Paulie, you know, Malinaji is going to be the next fight. It's like, dude, I don't care about that fight at all. I cared about the Mayweather-McGregor fight, and I didn't buy it. And I'm a UFC fan, and I didn't buy that fight. So if I didn't buy the fight I cared about, what makes me going to buy the fight from, you know, McGregor fighting a boxer I don't care about? I don't think at all. I think, dude, if you're Dana White, you know, the commissioner of the UFC or whatever his official title is there, you got to get Diaz and McGregor back in the octagon and fast. Well, yeah, you want to. I mean, you want to give. You want to give your your core audience. You want to give your biggest supporters something that they can really get behind. If they try to, if they try to cover up, you know, with with you know John Jones versus Brock Lesnar, that's going to feel like once again you're making a mockery of the sport. You're, you're you're treating us like a joke. Yeah, I think McGregor versus Diaz probably is the one. All right, we're back to right. Anything this is what we do. Anything less than that, and it's going to feel like not enough. Anything beyond that is going to feel like a circus. So I can, I can, uh, yeah. I mean, I would have to support that idea. Speaking of which, local uh, UFC fighter Jessica Evil Eye going to fight in UFC 216. There's one another one before that 215 is still to come, but 216 she'll be on that bill. And she feels like if she wins this fight, she's title ready. And I have to kind of agree. I mean, the women's division a little bit in disarray right now. I mean, you you know you've seen what I I think Misha Tate called it quits. I think she hung it up. Um, I know Amanda Nunez is like the woman in it right now. And, you know, people talk about Chris Cyborg a lot. But I, I, I think there's only like, and I said this about Ronda Rousey when she was like kicking everybody's ass. It's like, guys, dude, it's a new division. There's only so many women in the world that want to fight. Like, we're not sure Ronda is what Ronda is yet. Speaking of Ronda Rousey, I have not watched it yet. I, I don't know if this was on SmackDown or if this was during the actual May Young Classic. Uh, but Ronda Rousey has made her WWE, you know, she's come out and uh, her and three of her like training partners came out and talked to like three of the female wrestlers and were like, yo, there's going to be something that happens with Ronda Rousey in the WWE and it's going to happen soon. Oh, I got to imagine. I mean, dude, if you're Vince McMahon, she's a huge name to get. And I'm willing to bet there are a lot of people like me who don't really love the WWE. 
right? I don't hate it or anything. It's just not. My, it's just not my form of entertainment. But I want to watch Ronda fight. I, w- I want to watch her wrestle for sure. I would. And so, like, am I going to watch that? I probably would watch that. Smart business. Speaking of WWE, oh god, we are one month out from WWE at the Canton Civic Center. Just looked up, saw that right now. Is it that October seventh? October seventh, it all goes down. Yeah, we were passing out tickets for that. Actually, we gave away front row tickets to that. Yeah, we did. That's good stuff. I'm sure we'll have more of that as that event gets nearer and nearer. I, uh, I'll make a, uh, I'll make an interview happen. I'll make something happen there. All right, I'm gonna be sick that day. <laughs> I'm kidding. Kidding, kidding, kidding. I know you wrestling people take it seriously. I thought that was interesting. Only thirteen thousand seats sold for Mayweather McGregor. I would I, I, honestly, I thought sellout for sure. Thirteen thousand. Yeah, dude. I was I way mean, wrong. On imagine that. any pro sports event in front of thirteen thousand people. If that's an Indians game, you're looking at it like, why isn't Cleveland showing up to support the tribe? I mean, dude, there's an NFL controversy right now because the San, what was the San Diego Chargers are now playing in a soccer stadium and people are pissed because it's like, dude, look how terrible it looks on TV because it's just like twelve thousand people there. So yeah, you're right. Any other sporting event, this would be a huge deal. So. I don't know, man. I think a lot of it, though, though, is that people kind of knew what was going to happen. As a UFC fan, if you put McGregor Diaz back in, in the octagon right now, I'm a Diaz fan, but I don't know what happens. But And I want to know what happens. I want to see who wins. And I think that that's why. I think that's why some of the numbers were down on this. But again, Mayweather Pacquiao sold 16,000 tickets, $72 million. There's like $20 million more million were made off that fight versus Mayweather McGregor. Pretty interesting. We'll close out the program for the day, and that'll happen next on Rock 106.9. Please relax. This will be painless. The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Hey, guys, you got Stansberry here. When you're talking firearms, you know what you want? Knowledge, safety, and training. That's right. And you can find it all at Great American Shooting Sports in North Canton. Find Great American Shooting Sports state-of-the-art indoor gun ranges at 6505 Promler Street Northwest, right across Interstate 77 from the Strip. You can stay up to date at Facebook and Instagram or find more info at GreatAmericanShootingSports.com. I will tell you, they're offering you beginner firearm safety classes, concealed carry classes, and advanced tactical classes, and the best apparel by 511. Check out more at GreatAmericanShootingSports.com. Rock 106.9. Right at the second base with Hanson. He goes to Saladino for one, and he throws it in the dirt. And now coming home is Ramirez. And a hit first slide. He's in there safely. Oh, what an aggressive base running bolt from third by Jose Ramirez. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. I want to give a shout-out to the Pro Football Hall of Fame celebrating their 54th anniversary today. Been open 54 years. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, certainly, dude. I mean, you know, being the backbone of Stark County's economy, we appreciate you guys. Thanks Thank for you. being open, man. We yep. appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for that. Good to have you guys around. We uh, we uh, we enjoy you, and I always tell people, like, people will say to me, man, how long you lived in Canton? About three years. They say, man, what's the Pro Football Hall of Fame like? Man, I've lived here my whole life never been. That's crazy to me. God, dude, you should probably go and check that out. So, uh, Ron White is is a pretty funny comedian, Phantom. Yeah. And I was talking about this the other day because everybody's all like hurricane crazy, but like Oregon, where I lived, is now on fire. I mean, and they do it every, it happens every year, but like California's on fire, Oregon's on fire, Montana's on fire. So much so that I've heard that it's actually affecting like the sunsets in Ohio. There's so much smoke and debris in the air blowing over that like the colors and the stuff and like it's, it's affecting like yeah, Ohio. That. Yeah. I've heard that. And like uh, apparently something with our water too is it, it's doing something with that. So Ron White's posting pictures and he's standing outside of the Jayville Tavern, which is in Jacksonville, Oregon, which is not far from where I lived. I've actually been to the Jayville a million times. 
And, dude, like, it's the middle of the day, and you cannot see the sky. I mean, it's like, that's how much smoke there is. Like, that's getting crazy out there, man. Like, I know a lot of people out there, and I'm sure they're probably packing up things and moving, uh, you know, down, uh, you know, further south, because that's what happens. It starts up north and then goes down south. Pretty scary stuff there from Ron White. And when you consider that both, you know, sides of the nation right now are kind of getting beat up by some sort of natural disaster or another, um, it's just very easy to be like, eh, dude, going to go home and, you know, go do whatever I do with my life. And it's like, God, dude, if you're, if you're, if your town's on fire, if your state's on fire, like everything you own, gone. If there's a hurricane in your dude, everything you own, everything you have, every like every every everything is just gone. And it's just like I can't even comprehend that. So yesterday on the program, I was uh I had been contemplating like how do I cut the cord, right? And I, you know, so one of the things people suggested to me was PlayStation View. So what you do is you buy a PS4 and then there's this program and it works with like Sling TV. So somebody said, here, here's a really good review on, on PS View for you to watch. And so they sent me like a six minute video on it. So I watched it last night and it turns out. That the guy says, here's everything it does, here's everything it doesn't. Right. It turns out it's got most of the stuff I want. It's like, yeah, maybe I'm going to do this. And then the guy says, yeah, I'm currently paying $45 a month for it. And I thought to myself, well, that's great. But once I pay $45 a month for PS View and still pay the cable company for my internet, I'm right back to where my cable bill is. So what the hell? I mean, is there anything to it that's exclusive? Is there anything to it that's like, I didn't special? see. I didn't see anything in it that was like, oh, well, that would be worth it. I didn't see anything in it that would make me go, OK, that's worth me paying the same amount of money I pay now. Right. No, but that's yeah. not cutting the cord. I still have to pay for my Internet and then paying 50 bucks for PS views. That's right back to where my cable bill is. Now, is there a $10 option that you could have a month or is it like 45 is where it starts? It seems to be like the packages I would want, which was a little bit of live TV, some some good sports, be able to watch the NFL, that kind of stuff. It, it's going to cost you. Dude, they know well, you want to yeah. watch TV and they're, they're service selling it to you. They're going to be that much cheaper. So it ends up being the same exact price. I don't know how I'm going to end up doing this. And I know Fire Stick and Steel and, you know, download. I just, dude, I don't want to be one of those people. I mean, I just don't. And even though I was over the weekend, I watched the Baywatch movie. I pirated that on my on my jailbroken Fire Stick. Dude, let me tell you, I shut it off. That movie well, was yeah. bad. <laughs> Would you expect to be like, oh, man, boy, that was a classic. Like, dude, I wanted to see what all the hype on what's it on Zac Efron's abs were. And dude, let me tell you, that kid is ripped. I mean, he is ripped in that movie, but it was abysmal bad. That movie was terrible. The Rock just cashing checks before he's about to go be a politician. Just cashing them checks. Aside from that, we're done for the day. We'll be back at it live tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. on Rock 106.9. Teresa will give you your next keyword of the day for the 2017 iHeartRadio Music Festival. Be listening to Teresa at 11 o'clock on Rock 106.9. Have a great day. See you.